Welcome back to the Signal to Noise podcast on ProSound Web, sponsored by Shure. My name is Michael Lawrence. I'm the technical editor of ProSound Web and Live Sound International. And I am joined by my snazzy new co-host, Mr. Chris Leonard. Chris, what's going on, man? What's up, man? How's it going? It's, it's, it's going very well. I want to start off by reassuring everyone who's listening. Kyle is still here. Kyle is not gone the way of the dodo. Um, we wanted to make sure because I have, you know, a lot of full-time obligations and Kyle has a lot of full-time obligations. We wanted to do something to bring this podcast to you guys on a more regular basis. And so we thought that by bringing a third co-host into the equation, that would allow us to make sure that we're doing this regularly when, when either Kyle or myself is, uh, is got a commitment. So we're going to bring on Chris Leonard. He's going to join the, uh, the signal noise family here. And so this episode is really for us to talk to Chris and kind of give you guys some information on, on where Chris is coming from and the type of experiences that Chris has had in his pro audio career. And we're going to talk a little bit about how he got his start. We're going to talk about a lot of different opportunities that are out there in pro audio and what that all brings to the table. So, um, Chris, first of all, welcome, man. It's really cool to have you here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's cool. We've been uh, chatting it up a little bit, you know, and uh, it's cool to kind of make these connections. And I'm ready to, you know, join the team here. We're excited to have you. So let's start off with uh, where where are you joining us from physically right now? Uh, I am in uh, Aston, PA, which is uh, just south of Philly. And how long have you been in that area? Uh, just short of ten years now. Wow. And I always loved Philly. It was one of my one of my favorite cities uh, when I was when I was a younger man and I was on the road a lot. I always used to get really excited for uh, the day off in Philly, and I look forward to that the whole tour. So it's yeah, a great, de- it's a great place, man. There's definitely uh, there's definitely a lot to do here in the towns for sure. So what? Let's let's jump in at, at, and let's let's just go through your whole sort of journey in in pro audio. And you know what? what why don't we start with wh- where you are now, and why don't we then back up to how you got started? Yeah. So. I tell you what, hold on one second. My stupid cat wants to get out of this room, so <laughs> give, give me one second. Yeah, so currently I am the director of audio at IMS Technology Services. We're a uh, full-scale production company based out of Philly here. Uh, we also have a warehouse and office in Orlando. Uh, you know, we do um, primarily corporate uh, association-style work um, all across the country. Uh, a lot of stuff here in the, you know, like the tri-state area of um uh, Pennsylvania, New York, DC, Jersey, stuff like that, um, but definitely service clients all over the country. Uh, that could be everything from you know two speakers on a sticks to you know ten thousand people in a convention center, you know for a large association meeting. So it kind of it kind of runs the gamut. And and so you know if I, I think like we were chatting a little bit before we started recording this idea that when people say I want I want to go into pro audio. Um, you know, the the first question I always ask is, well, you know, what what do you mean by that? What what sort of job do you do you want to do in pro audio? Because a lot of the jobs that people do in pro audio, I think when I first started working in audio, I didn't know they were jobs. You know, some of the examples would be something like an RF coordinator or a systems engineer, a playback engineer. These are these are whole careers for people that that I didn't even know existed. So so what was your first experience with pro audio? You know, how did you, how did it kind of come across your radar? How did you get into it? 
yeah, for me, uh, the story I tell people is I've been gigging since I could walk, uh, and that's uh, it's almost true. Um, so yeah, my dad was doing the uh, the bar band uh, cover band scene when he was in college, um, and then uh, when I came along. Uh, you know, he was doing sound at church and, um, and, and for a lo- local band. And so I was putting gear in the back of a station wagon every weekend, uh, doing gigs in coffee houses and, you know, halls and stuff like that. Um, and that kind of grew into, you know, high school working with, uh, some buddy of mine's bands. Um, I worked for like a local production company. My dad and I did actually. Um, and, uh, because my dad did, um, was running sound for that company, I actually ended up doing a bunch of lights <laughs> for a little bit, which is <laughs> kind of funny, kind of like you, uh, you know, did, did some lighting, um, and, uh, until eventually, uh, just after high school, I f- had to figure out what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> uh, high school didn't go so well. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and it was like, oh yeah, well, uh, I love doing this sound thing. Let me, uh, let's, uh, is there a career in this? You know, it's uh, some, that's something I really thought that was like, Hey, this is a viable career. My dad and right. I had always kind of joked about, you know, oh, one day we'll be putting, you know, gear in semis and going down the road. But you know, it, was not, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, like hey all right well since I'm doing high school I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this no it was like oh shit I gotta I gotta I gotta make a living now <laughs> right right um, and I knew the only thing I wanted to do was sound um, and uh, so at the time I did what I thought I needed to do uh, which was go to like a recording school um, I went to a place in Baltimore because you know I'm originally from Maryland um, I went to Sheffield Institute for the Recording Arts. Um, and uh, it's primarily the recording school. They have one live uh, portion of the, of the of the course. It's just a like an audio works program, as they call it. It's not like a, a full sale or something like that, where it's a full on you know right. sort of full full degree. Um, and um, you know, I, it's not what I you know I, I tell people it's not what I, what I had to do to get into the business, but it was definitely a good avenue and a good. Um, uh, resource uh, because they were able to get me my first job at Maryland Sound, um, which uh, you know, which I may not have either realized um, that that was a viable place or uh, you know uh, avenue to go. And so, um, yeah, it, it, I I walked in. <laughs> One of the instructors at the school uh, was a former. Um, old school engineer by the name of Steve Guest from Maryland Sound. And uh, he's a pretty legendary engineer. Um, he did like Pink Floyd's Momentary Lapse of Reason tour as a system tech um, and done a bunch of other stuff. And uh, so anyway, he comes in, grabs a couple of the top students from the school. Uh, I come in for an interview. He drops down a schematic of a, a Yamaha PM4000 in front of me. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, and by, mind you, this is like my first interview ever. Uh, and he's like, he's like, all right. And I forget exactly what he said, but he was like, all right, if I wanted to do this, this, or this, can I do it? And I was, you know, I'm like, yes. He was like, all right, show me how. And I had to like point across the schematic because like, you know, I could insert here and do this, this, and the, um, and so, so somehow I passed that interview and, um, you know, got my, uh, I was, uh, 17, 18 years old, uh, when I started there at, at Maryland Sound. Wow. So you've kind of been, you've sort of grown up in, in a very real way with, with audio being sort of your constant uh, passion, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's, to this day, there's still nothing else that I want to do. Uh, obviously, the types of audio that I'm doing these days or have done through the years is, has drastically changed. Um, you know, one of the cool things at Maryland Sound is that um, 
they do a lot of different things. Um, it's everything from, you know, being the local rock and roll provider when an act comes through town. Uh, you know, I did plenty of tours uh, around the world. Uh, be big industrial events like Times Square New Year's Eve, the inauguration, the Do Action Sports Tour, um, and then even to doing uh, what's called uh, DFAT or direct field acoustic testing. And that's where they uh, acoustic test uh, satellites and rockets before they go into space to make sure that they can withstand the pressure. Um, and uh, that's a whole other world in and of itself. So, you know, there was, was never a dull moment while I was there. Uh, so I'm very appreciative of the amount of different facets that I got to get involved in while I was, uh, while I was there. So, you know, I think I spoke with a young person who's, uh, who's just graduating from a college audio program. Uh, I talked to him on the phone a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was feeling very sort of confused about where he should go, you know, and I think just this idea of, uh, he said, well, I don't really, you know, I don't want to get too specific because I don't want to kind of get stuck in any one discipline. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, you're not getting married to it, dude. You know, Uh, you know, this is, as I've done you know, lighting for theatrical productions. I've done corporate stuff. I've done sound system design. I've done, you know, sound design, you know, artistically for theaters. I've done, you know, I I struggle through work in a recording studio. I've tried, you know, my hand at at production on, on, you know, musical recordings with artists. And and I didn't have to commit to any of those things. Um, You know, I commit to the gig and I'm going to go and I'm going to give it the, the best shot that I can give it. And then it's sort of like, well, what do we learn from that? And if all you learn from that is, well, I don't really want to do that again, uh, you know, that's worthwhile. But, but then you're on to the next thing. And so, so I, I think my caution to people who are feeling in that way would be, let, we, let's not put the cart before the horse here. I mean, let's, let's get out and let's get as much practical experience as we can. And, you know, maybe after you do that, you're going to have a, a better idea of what you do want to do. You know, this, 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 this young guy had really no idea of what sort of specialty he wanted to get into. I said, you know, what's interesting to you? Front of house, monitors, broadcast, you know, and he really didn't have any context for for that decision. And so, like, let's get your feet wet. Let's get out there and let's try some things. And, you know, you're going to know real quickly, man, I love this or or I really don't like this. Um, And so, you know, I I, I think the being overly cautious is, is... potentially detrimental to a young person who's starting out in the field. So, so my, my advice would be to really just kind of jump in. Yeah. And the other thing too is, uh, you know, you have your whole life ahead of you, right? You have, you have time. I think so many people are worried about getting to either the top of their craft or whatever so quickly when, you know, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years now and the amount of different things that I've done in 18 years, I, you know, I'm not the best at any one of those things, <laughs> right? I don't need to be, right? Um, and uh, and I've enjoyed different aspects of different things through the years. I, you just need to just to go for it and try. It. If, you know, if if sound is your passion, you're gonna find the avenue of that that's going to fit your fancy, you know, uh, whether it is being a monitor engineer, whether it's being a system tech, you know, I mean, I know this guy, this guy Fumi, who is one of the best, you know, fly PA techs in the, in the world. Um, and that's all he does is fly speakers for tours, you know, and, uh, and that's his thing. He's been doing it for 30 years and he's the best at it, <laughs> you know? Um, and, um, that's, that's perfectly okay. Um, uh, so yeah, just definitely just get your feet wet and just try different things. Like you said, if you don't like it, you you try something else. So, right. 
Yeah, and that's, you know, the other aspect of that is it's not a zero-sum game, I don't think. You know, I I got a call last month from a buddy of mine who's really good system tech, and um, he, uh, we we call each other, you know, when we need an extra set of hands on a gig, kind of, you know, an extra extra tech to come in and sort of take some ownership of some of the production stuff. You know, he lives close enough that we'll call each other and we'll kind of help each other out. And so he called me, had this big, huge metal tour coming in. And he said, look, we really need a monitor engineer. And I said, you know that I'm not a monitor engineer. And uh, he said, I know, but I said, he said, I'd, I'd rather have you up there than, you know, calling somebody I don't know. And I said, all right, well, <laughs> that, that was the disclaimer, you know, so we go in and we do it. And I said, man, I, you know, I forgot how hard this is. It's a different ballgame up there. It's metal. It's a loud stage. You've got side fills that are just black. I mean, I think, I think my stage was louder than house. Um, and they're like, we want more. <laughs> and it's, you know, and, and, and I just go, man, this is, this is tough stuff, but that that helps that really makes you so much better at everything else you're trying to do i mean like like doing monitors once and totally totally screwing it up which which thank god i didn't i didn't you know i didn't have complaints and i feel like i feel like i had happy customers for the most part but but doing that experience even if you don't kill it even if you're not amazing that is that is an awesome learning experience and you know uh sometimes you know the same guy he'll come around run monitors for me on on my gigs when i need a monitor engineer and because we're both system techs because we're both mixed front of house because we both struggle through monitors um we are able to really get in there and solve problems very quickly and communicate Mm -hmm. very well Mm -hmm. and um things that would be complications on a lot of gigs just aren't complications for us because we 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 have the context of understanding of what it means you know out front when the monitor engineer says this vocal mic isn't working for you uh we want to try something else you know we had that we just did a we just did a uh a fairly well-known uh rock vocalist last week and uh, you know i my thing with with him is i usually said hey you know man you're on deck you know the the mic placement thing the mic choice it's going to be a problem for you before it's a problem for me um so you know i said i completely trust you on mic choice if i have a problem i'll let you know so i let him pick whatever he wants on deck because he's dealing with you know where the wedges are going to be and who's who's right. deaf and who can't hear and so um and I, i'm out front and i said man this vocal's just not it's not coming together for me and when i get three eq filters into a vocal and it still doesn't work um, generally, that's an indicator for me that there's something else going on that I should be looking at. And I didn't want to say anything, but then he got on the horn and he said, "Hey, man, I'm I'm not digging this this vocal mic. Can we change it?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely." Um, you know, and and so those are the conversations that are just easier when we've both got the context of trying to get this thing to sit loud in monitors for the artist, and it's not the right mic. You know what I mean? I, I we don't have these these arguments. And then you know he's concerned about stage wash off his wedges and how it's going to affect my house mix. And I'm concerned about the directivity of my PA and how that's going to clean his stage up. And so I think having that context and getting out there and doing stuff that even if you say, I don't want to ever do this again, it makes you better. And so for, for that reason alone, I would say go and do it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Or even so, uh, I actually enjoy monitors. <laughs> I did a lot of monitors when I was on tour and stuff. Um, and I think that actually helped me in the corporate world uh, because you do have to make so many mixes in, in, in monitors. In corporate world, you are you're typically never making just one mix. You know, you have a broadcast mix. You got press mounts. You got video record decks. You have all these other things that you have to kind of think about and, and manipulate. Whereas a you know typical rock and roll front of house guy, he makes his left right and he's done. You know, uh, so yeah, so right. there are there are portions that can yeah help set you up for future when you're not even realizing it. So yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, and 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 I think um, you know 
I, I started – there's another there's another related aspect here, and it's something that I've touched on before, but I think it's really important. I want to say it again. Um, you know, uh, uh, I work with a local a local band when I'm not out doing other stuff, you know, and they – they uh, it's a local classic rock tribute band, but they, they take it really seriously, and they're all professional engineers of some discipline, and so they really like to have good gear, and they really care a lot about their sound and about the process of engineering, and, and so it's – it's it's a local group, but it's done on a very high level, um, and so it's a great working environment. And um, they went to in your monitors about a year ago, and I said, I have to let you know, guys, I'm not a monitor engineer. I said, you know, what, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna do it, and you know, we're, I'm gonna do the absolute best I can for you. I just want you to realize that you know I don't have a background in this, and. So for a year, I went out and I mixed these guys doing front of house and being my own system tech and mixing five in ear mixes at the same time, and. I kind of realized after about a year, um, how long am I going to keep saying I don't mix monitors when <laughs> on a regular basis I'm mixing monitors? And I think it's this idea that we don't reevaluate our own knowledge. Mm. Um, we just kind of go, hey, I don't understand this or I'm not good at this. And then and, and the, the metaphor that I love to use is, you know, when I was little, my, my mom would, would put me up against the, the door frame of the closet and she would measure my height and you put the date. And, and mm-hmm. um, this is an objective kind of yardstick that hey you got taller but if you think back in your mind's eye there's never a moment when you realize that you got taller it's just kind of a thing that sneaks up on you so we are not the best judge of our objective reality we are not um we are not the best judge of our own skill set we are not the best judge of where we need improvement we are not the best judge of, of our competencies and so it's things like that where you revisit these things and you go wow i used to be absolutely scared scared sick of mixing in your monitors and now i am you know routinely doing five mixes while i do front of house and it's just sort of status quo for me i think that warrants a little reevaluation of the statement that i don't mix monitors um and you know i think we can really discredit ourselves before we even get started and i think that that could be a harmful attitude yeah, absolutely. I think well, I mean, we become our, we're our own worst critic, uh, or at least I think it, it's healthy for you to be your own worst critic if you're not, um, because it's only going to push yourself to be you know to be better and and, and go further for sure. Um, you, you know, I think another principle in talking about um, kind of you know where to get into the business or how to get into the business is. Um, you're not going to get hired to do something that you typically don't know how to do, right? And so. Um, uh, a story that I kind of tell a lot of people uh, early in my career is, um, you know, when I was first started at Maryland Sound, uh, you know, I was you know the shop uh, the shop guy and had to like sweep speakers before they went out and and do all that stuff and trying to kind of fight to get my position on a gig. Um, and uh, I remember there was a gig going out and it was um, it was Smokey Robinson and uh, Gladys Knight. Ooh. And yeah, and um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know, I, I want to, you know, can I come out and do, you know, I'll be like the stage patch, you know, PA fly guy, um, and uh, but but I didn't really know how to, you know, fly like line arrays and stuff at the time, right? I was still still pretty still pretty green, uh, but I could patch a stage and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I mean, we already have our crew set for the show, and I'm like, well, like I, you know, the only, only way for me to get on these shows is if I know how to do it. But if I don't know how to do it, then I can't get on the shows. It was like this, like right. this push and pull. And I'm like, hey, like, can I just, I'll, I'll come to this gig for free. Like, I don't care. Like, let me, I, I just, I need, to, I need to learn, right? And, um, and they're like, oh, well, I, you know, what, whatever you want to do. And so I came to the gig, and um, you know, I learned how to fly the PA, and. Um, and it had kind of two big things that kind of came away from that. One is, um, you know, the front of house guy, uh, he kind of saw my work ethic 
and he was like, Hey, you know, I, you know, from that gig on, you know, I, I was the guy he wanted to be his stage jammer, as we called it, or stage tech or, you know, PA fly tech. And, and, um, you know, because he saw my drive and my willingness to work. Um, and so that was one thing that kind of cemented into me of like, okay, this is, this is what I need to keep doing. I need to keep, you know, uh, cause I, I, I felt I had a pretty good, you know, work ethic. And then the other thing was, one of our drivers at the time, he was kind of giving me, he's kind of giving me shit. He was like, uh, he was like, oh, he was like, you're stupid for, you know, working for free, this, that, and the other. And uh, I'll never forget um, another guy told him, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, he's, you're probably going to work for him one day. <laughs> you should be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was just kind of foretelling and kind of funny of like, you know, um, not in like a cocky way, but it's like, you know, yeah, I, I, I do run a department now. You know, I have, you know, eight audio techs that work under me. Like it's, it, it's just it was part of the progression. Um, and, uh, I, but the, the bigger part of that story is just, um, you know, look, there's, there's going to come a time. Um, I'm not saying everyone should work for free. Um, and I know there's a lot of people who disagree with it. You should pay for your services, that and the other, but like there's going to become a time where just take a chance, go out for experience, get it done. And I'm talking for someone who's really green, right? For you and I to go out and do a gig right now for free to get, you know, quote unquote experience. That's not exactly viable. Right. Um, but we're talking somebody kind of entry level. It's definitely worth the experience. Well, a really important point that you bring up is this idea of work ethic. And, you know, I, so I, I'm independent, right? So I don't have employees, but I work very closely with a local production company. And so, um, you know, kind of who's going to be on my audio crew for the day, I get a voice in that discussion, right? And right. so it's obviously in my best interest to have people that are going to make my day easier and help me get my job done and help the show happen. And it's also in the best interest of the production company to, to get people that, that are worth having on the payroll, you know? This whole idea of you want to join a company, a lot of people say, wow, what a great company. I would love to work for you guys. And, and the company's response really, in so many words, is, okay, I, I'm sure you would like to work for us, but why should we give you money? Mm-hmm. Why should we give you some of our money? What are you going to bring to the table? And right. I will say that when I have this conversation with, with you know, production, I will always take someone who may not have as much experience, may not have as much knowledge, but wants to be there, wants yep. to learn, has a good attitude. Yep, Every absolutely. time. Every single time. Now, there are times when I say, I need a hot shot for this. You know, I'm, I've, got, mm-hmm. I've got nine loud mixes on stage. I can't babysit a monitor engineer for the day. I need to get somebody good and just hands off and let them do it. They, those, those things happen. But, you know, in terms of, hey, we need to hire four hands for this show, I don't, I'm not, you know, it, it's not about trying to impress me with who you've worked for, how many t-shirts you have. I mean, that's the t-shirt metric. It's kind of like a joke, but, you know, it's, it's, it's this real thing. All these, you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I don't care about the t-shirt, man. Um, or how, how, many, how many stacks of laminate you have hanging right, off your keychain. Right, <laughs> right. Just show up, have a good attitude. Let's work together. Let's get the show on the road. You know, if you want to ask questions and learn, I'm all about that. I just, I just had, and this is something great we can talk about. I just did a, a, a ride-along. You know, I had a show coming up where it's, it's a room I've worked in before. It's a system I've hung before. So I knew the tuning. And sure, there are no big kind of unknowns. And I said, you know what? I would love to just get a couple people to come out follow me around for the day, let them see the way I do things, let them ask questions, let them mm. learn. And so I, I got more response to this than I could actually accommodate, but I ended up with two really great young guys coming out and we had a great time and they hustled 
and the questions were very intelligent and they had insightful comments and the show was better because they were there and both of them now are on the call list for that production company. So, you know, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. Just take this opportunity to go out, learn what you can, make a good impression. And the way to make a good impression on me personally is not to show me how much you know. Yep. Uh, Show me how much you want to be there. Yeah, there's you'll run into guys who just you know rattle off uh, model numbers of gear and this that and the other like that's that's not going to impress me whatsoever. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, um, you know. Yeah, and the other thing too, on top of work ethic, would be um, uh, when you are asked to do something, uh, say yes, <laughs> um, and and go for it. Um, and look, if you fail, you fail, but you're gonna learn from it. But um, you know, this, a story I have around that is early on is. Um, uh, we were we were providing production for a small tour for a tap dancer named uh, Savion Glover. And, oh yeah, um, yeah. He used to be on Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so we were doing this tour called Classical Savion. He had a small um, small orchestra behind him, and he would dance to some classical pieces, and a bit of jazz band would come out. But um, so uh, you know, they were the, the tour was going to hire a staff monitor engineer uh, from us, um, and they didn't. You know, they just said, "Hey, provide a monitor engineer." Uh, and I showed up to like a day before rehearsals to just drop off the gear and help um, the sound designer set up. And uh, when I showed up, the guy was like, "Oh, are, you know, are you you a monitor engineer?" And I had like this split second decision in my head. And mind you, I'm still like this like you know 19 year old kid who I've maybe done a f- monitors a few times for Maryland right. Sound, but no- nothing nothing crazy. And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I am." Mind what you know? I'm like. I, uh, I don't know if I could do this. Uh, you know, I had a Midas XL3 and I had, you know, a ton of wedges and all, you know, all these open microphones. And, and he's like, all right, well, help me, help me, help me dial this in. And um, uh, so I helped him dial things in. And uh, meanwhile, the monitor engineer who was supposed to be doing the tour was coming the next day. Right. Uh, and we get done uh, kind of dialing things in. He was like, hey, you know, um, he's like, do you just want to do the tour? And I'm like, ah, you know, you gotta ask, you gotta ask my <laughs> boss, you know. And, uh, I'm not sure, and uh, so we, you know, talked to him. And, you know, Bob's like, ah, well, don't screw it up, <laughs> you know. And and so I ended up doing, you know, like two month long tour with them, and and everything worked out really well. And I learned a lot, and definitely made mistakes. And um, but uh, it was one of those times of like, just you know, I could have said, oh no, you know, I'm 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 just learning, I'm new, I don't know, uh, and uh, and then I wouldn't have had to gig, you know. Right. Now I had to back it up. But uh, I, you know, it was you know the right moment of saying yes and going for it and just taking those opportunities, um, and uh, yeah. So it's um, yeah. It's, it, again, work ethic and just being willing to uh, to go for it. You know, and I had I had a similar experience myself. I was doing it was one of my first quote big shows. You know, and and uh, I was with a company just providing some some local labor to the production company that was handling the event. It was like you know, it, it big enough to to scare you. It was ten, ten or fifteen thousand people. I was just a deckhand, but um, I guess I have a somewhat nerdy look to me, uh, a nerdy affectation. And uh, the uh, the A two on deck says, "Hey man, um, can you help me coordinate these these wireless mics real quick?" And I had never done that before. And so there's this split second decision. That's exactly what you're talking about. Where you go, well, do I say no? And then I'm of no use to this guy, and he's not going to ask me anything else for the rest of the day. Or do I say yes? And I screw it up and potentially ruin the show because these are the mics that are going to go out to the headliners in a couple hours. And that has to be right. So what I said is do one and I'll do the rest. Show me how to do one and I'll do the rest of them. And he said, okay, watch this. And it was, you know, I think 
it was the sure uh the ulxd stuff you know and i hadn't used it before i was like 19 years old um and he said all right you just do this and you do this and then you bam there you go and i said well okay no problem and i went and did them and so to me you know it was a way uh, of sort i almost dodged the question you know and it was it was hey i'm willing to be of use to you uh, I'm not going to claim knowledge that I don't have. I'm just claiming that it's it, it's still in your best interest to explain this quickly. Show me how you want it done. I'll go ahead and take care of the rest of it. You can go on and and do your thing. And so that 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 approach worked. Um, and then I was kind of off and running. And and so then it's a thing you know. And then the next time someone asks you that question, you can say yes. I know how to do that. Um, you know, I think there's sort of a, there's a bit of an ethical responsibility to not lie and say that you're going to do something uh, if you're not going to if you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, sure. You know, we all want to learn, but we don't want to ruin a show. Um, you know, we don't want to create a potentially unsafe situation. Any anything like that, uh, you know, you have to be really careful with. So, so it's a difficult. It's a difficult thing. And so, to me, just saying, hey, I'm really interested in learning how to do this. Yeah. Can you show me once? Or hey, can I just watch you do this? Can I look over your shoulder while you do this? And you'd be astounded. Uh, something like uh, you know, a show came through the other day, and they were using a lighting desk that I hadn't seen before. And I'm not a lighting engineer. I'm not a lighting tech. I don't, you know, but, but it's interesting to me. I want to see how it works. So I, I just said, do you mind if I just kind of peep over your shoulder while you're, while you're programming your palettes? And I just watched this guy work on this console for 20 minutes. And, and I, I still wouldn't be able to run the desk, but I learned a lot about that whole workflow. And, and, and so, you know, to me, that's kind of why I do this job. I really like this, this ability that I'm able to go in every day and learn something yeah. or do some sort of experiment. If I have a room that I set up once a month for a corporate thing, I might try, you know, aligning my delays a little bit differently or a different subwoofer placement. I will try to do things to sort of prototype and to gain more information about myself, about, you know, what, what I can do to make this better. And, 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 you know, is this better for the client and for the purposes of the gig? And also what can I learn about this? And so to me, it's just this, it's this big sandbox that I get to play in. It's really cool, you know? So, so I, I, I think to, to kind of tie it back into what we were saying, you know, you really, it's all about having the right attitude and, and, you know, more and more, I think people are so scared to go out there and take a chance on something. And don't be scared. The worst thing that happens is that you screw it up. And let me tell you something, I have screwed up so many gigs, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, no, no one who is successful in this field is going to become successful without screwing up gigs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've, you've canned a couple gigs yourself. Um, yeah. you know, that's just, that's what it is. Like, like I, it, it, people are terrified of feedback. Engineers who are just starting off are terrified of feedback. I got news for you. It's going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. You're oh, going to yeah. be a sound engineer. You're going to have to deal with feedback. It's going to happen. You know, you're not going to have a heart attack. Um, it's unpleasant. You learn how to fix it. You learn how to deal with it. And then you're going to get to a point where, guess what? You're not going to really get it that often because you know how to deal with it. But right. in order to get to that point, there's going to be some feedback. So yeah, you for just sure. got to be okay with that, you know? Yeah. I think the amount of resources that are out there now, too, you know, just with the information age, the internet, you know, the basic things. You know, when I was, you know, uh, when I was eight, you know, 18, 19, just kind of getting into Maryland Sound, I mean, yes, the internet existed. But it just wasn't what it was today. There wasn't Facebook and stuff like that. So, um you know, my learning at that time was I'm going to pull out this piece of gear. I'm going to turn every knob possible on this thing. I'm going to maybe look at the manual. I'm going to pick the brains of the guys that are around me, right? So that was the kind of the atmosphere that I had. Uh, and I didn't realize there was this whole other world of Bob McCarthy and, and the Jamie Anderson and all these other people until it was, you know, uh, you know, 
uh, you have like you know Facebook and podcasts and all these other resources to go you know and YouTube channels and all these things to go after this stuff. And so I think there's there's no excuse these days um, uh, that if if you want to know something, the information is there. You literally just need to pull out your phone, pull out your computer, and you're going to find right. it. And then you need to uh, you know uh, you know uh, retain it. Um, and uh, that that was one of the hardest things when I left Maryland Sound. When I had all these mentors or just you know older engineers around me who I could you know just you know turn around and ask them a question or or pick their brains or follow them on a gig. And then when I came to uh, IMS and now I'm the director of audio and like I'm supposed to be the guy, you know I don't have anyone to turn and ask a question to, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, and so I had to push myself harder, especially in the beginning. Um, and to find more books and to find more courses to go to and go to SynodCon and go go to all these places. Um, and uh, so I, I, it's more of just all that to say, encouraging people who are just getting into the business that like, like if you want to get in this business, there are so many resources to take you to that level. You just got to be eager enough to go out there and, and get them. Right. And, and that's the bottom line. And that's the thing that, that um, this element cannot be taught. You have to put the time in. You have to put the effort in. Um, and, and I make this point all the time. But you know, I speak at when I speak at a trade show or something like that. I'll get you know, out of fifty people, maybe ten will come up and say, "Hey, can I get your your contact information?" And I'm always like, "Yep, yeah, here's my card. Here's my number. Call me, text me, email me. We can Zoom. We can Skype. Whatever I can do to help you get moving forward, I'm happy to do that." And you know, out of those ten people, four will send me an email. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, I really, really want to, you know, meet up with you. I'd really like to sit down and go through some stuff. And out of those four people, usually we'll get one one email back and forth on that set. And 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 I've been lucky in the last in the last year or two, I've gotten one or two really, really great people who are in college or just out of college and are really awesome and just really want to know stuff. And we have awesome conversations. And you know, they're both they've both grown to be really close friends of mine now. And and you know, I like surrounding myself with people who really want to learn this stuff. And so you know, these resources are, like you said, there's just it's a cornucopia of stuff out there, but no one other than you can make that happen. You right. have to sit down and put the time in. You have to sit down and make it. You simply have to make it a priority. Right. Um, you know, I have a friend who uh, does a lot of the same kind of work that I do, and they are always um, like, oh, well, you know, how did you know about that? And I'm like, well, I, because I, I went and read it. And so I will call this person and say, hey, you know, when's the last time you read some of Bob's book? When's the last time you read some of Ethan Weiner's book? When's the last time you, oh, you know, I haven't had time. You know, I've been busy with my family. Like, and I'm like, look, you don't have to make excuses to me. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is on you. It's it's your thing. I'm not I'm not invested in this. This is your responsibility. And so it's really easy to make excuses to other people, but you're just hurting yourself. Right. You know, if, if this is something that you want to do, sit down, even if it's a half hour a day. I mean, the amount of time that most of us would spend clicking through YouTube or, you know, scrolling down Facebook or whatever it is that the kids are doing these days. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? but, but this idea that it's, it doesn't take much. You just have to decide you want to do it. It's like working out. It's like anything else. It's self-discipline, fair and square. You know, that's, that's I think, a big uh, sticking point for me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and the amount of training classes that are available, the same principle holds in the school. Like you're only going to get out of it what you put into it. And so, you know, even even if you work at a company and they make you take all these training courses or they make you do these things like unless you actually personally invest yourself into it, um uh, you you're not going to get anything out of it. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and it's and that's the idea. And you know, this is something that Jamie says when we teach a smart class. You know, people have paid a good amount of money to be in. in the, I mean, you know, you you guys do smart classes, and and so you pay the money, you come to the class, and then you sit there, 
and you don't ask questions and you don't take notes and it's like why you know what i mean like why would you not maximize the opportunity here if you have a question or a comment raise your hand you you have you know you've purchased this training experience for that moment when you get to sit in a room with someone who's a world authority on this stuff and mm-hmm. you say hey I have a question about this. I would like to know this or write it down. And it's so funny because when you get to the coffee break, everyone's chitter chattering about it. But during the class, everyone's sit there and they're, they're ter- you know, and it's not till like the third day that people actually start to loosen up and ask questions. And that's just so frustrating for me because it's like, you just wasted two days of prime time for you to ask these questions. Yeah, absolutely. Ask the questions, you know, make the points. If, you, if you're not clear on something, ask the question. I, I can't stress that enough. And, and on the flip side, I think it's very important uh, to feel safe to ask that question. Yes. Um, there's a lot of uh, forums and places you can go online where you ask a question and you immediately get attacked. And I think that's so dangerous and so harmful. Um, because even for someone with a, with a relatively thick skin, the message is, well, I'm not going to ask again because last time I asked a question, I got attacked or I got insulted or my feelings out her. They call me stupid. And so what you learn is, well, screw that. I'm not asking questions anymore. And that's a very natural response. Right. Because we don't, we don't want to be attacked. No one likes that. And so I, I think we have to just really have a respect as an issue for how sacred it is to ask a question and to treat that with respect. And if you don't know, you don't know. But I, I, I think, you know, I think we would all do a little bit better if we sort of had more respect for the curious. Absolutely. No, um, yeah. So there's my, there's my soapbox for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, but I think, you know, I think that's a really good starting point, and I think that it really applies to people that want to get into any corner of this industry. So, you know, this is the bullet points are, hey, you know, get out there, take a chance, ask a question. Um, the worst thing that happens is you don't get called back to get that gig, and you're going to be walking away with some experience. Yeah, and, and again, look, look into the amount of different industries that there are. I mean, that's one of the other big thing I tell people trying to get into the business is uh, work for your local labor company, uh, whether it's a labor broker, you know, whether it's the union, whether, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, you're going to get put on calls of all types of different types of shows, right? And so uh, I'll have guys even just ask me, like, hey, you know, how can I maybe, I don't know much, how can I get, you know, to know IMS better? I'm like, look, I said, you know, our local labor company, right? Um, I'm like, go work for them. I said, every show we do, we're using them. So inherently, you're going to be getting more FaceTime with us, my gear, uh, our way of doing things. Uh, I'm going to be able to observe your work ethic. You're going to be able to to learn our way of doing things. uh, And that's going to show me, you know, hey, you know, this guy's the right fit for me. Uh, And also, you know, aside from just trying to get a job in another company, you're going to, you're going to learn, Oh, on this gig, I was, you know, an A2 RF coordinator on this gig. I was, you know, like you said, do a monitor front of house. And, and one of those things might, uh, you know, just really spark an interest in you right. and realize that, Hey, there's a, you know, there's a full on field here that I didn't realize existed. Right. right. And, and I think I said this to you when we were chatting before, but you know, most of the work that I do professionally in audio did not exist at least in my mind, I was not aware of it when I started in audio. You know, I like I'm 14, 15 years old, you know, running the old analog soundcraft at my mm-hmm. high school. Um, you know, the idea that, that an RF coordinator was an entire career yep. and these people are freaking gurus about this stuff. That was just not on the radar for me. The idea that the system optimization was a thing was not on the radar for me. The idea that a monitor engineer existed, or what's a snake split? I didn't know any of these things. Right. I knew what ringing out a mic was. I didn't know what it was called. You know what I mean? And so so I, just getting out and trying this new thing is just going to bring you these new horizons, and it makes you a more well-adjusted professional. It helps you talk 
you know, more productively to other departments and other professionals that you have to work with. And, and there's really no downside. Once you get over that initial sort of bout of discomfort, just let me tell you, never goes away. You know, like I said, I ran monitors you know, the last month for the first time in over a decade probably, and, and it scared the hell out of me. But, you know, it was a great experience, and I learned a lot. And, and so now I'm more even more equipped to do that again in the future. So, so it, it takes a little kind of fortuitiveness, but uh, you, you just get in there and do it, you know? Yeah, I think, and you know, we could probably go on and on. For, uh, I think last thing to kind of sum this up would be: I think relationships are really key. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, so, in terms of just networking, like, don't be afraid to go up to people, like you said, and ask for their card and, and stay in contact with them. Um, also, you you do, you never know where your next gig's going to come from, so don't burn any bridges. Um, you know, people. I know people who kind of will leave a company or leave a, a client or whatever in flames, and it's like, man, you. You know, I find it crazy all the time how I'm I'm still running back into people that I worked with, you know, ten plus years ago. I haven't seen in so long, and it's like had I had I burned bridges back then, right. it'd been an awful day for me, you know. Right. So um, so yeah, so maintain relationships, um, and uh, yeah, reach out and just just stay stay connected. Right. You know, this idea that the the gig is below me. Uh, you know, I I want to address that real quick, and I think you know I, I did a gig this summer, and it was the worst gig I've ever done in my life. It was the most dangerous physical environment, working environment I've ever been in my life, electrically, staging-wise, rigging-wise. It was just generally not safe. It was a very, very bad environment that, you know, you you ethically should be running the other way when you see something like this. Um, in doing that gig, which was horrible, um, I met one of the brightest young system engineers in this part of the country, at least, I'm prepared to say that. And and he's an absolute brilliant guy, and we have so much fun, and we continue to work together very regularly, and we talk every day, and we have just really gotten so many cool opportunities from each other. And we met because neither one of us said, I'm too good for that gig. Um, now, now, don't get me wrong. Do not put yourself in an unsafe situation. If you see dangerous electrical, dangerous rigging, get out of there. It's not worth, you know, no gig is worth getting hurt over. But... This idea that it, this is below me or I'm too good of an engineer for this gig. They don't deserve me. Um, you know, you're going to get exactly what you deserve with that attitude. And we went in and we said, well, it's not going to be our finest hour, but we're going to do it. And uh, I got an incredible professional relationship out of it. So, so I, think, I think that's kind of a good place to leave that. Um, and I think we should say that, you know, uh, keep an eye. And Chris, you've been working on uh, very busy. Uh, we have a, a, a new uh, LinkedIn page. Yep. Uh, Web LinkedIn page and uh, if you want to reach out to us you can either hit us up on the LinkedIn page you can email signal number two noise podcast at gmail.com and uh, you can reach out to us that way and please do send us your thoughts send us your questions send us your comments we've been getting some really interesting comments lately the email's been picking up quite a bit and uh, so we want to thank you guys for reaching out something that you would like to ask Chris or Kyle or myself definitely do reach out and let us know and uh, we'll see what we can do for you so um Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I know that uh, Chris and I got some big plans coming up for uh, who we're going to have on in the future. We have a really fantastic episode coming up next. Uh, really cool guest. Uh, just as a teaser for you guys, he was involved in the sound production on the movie Joker. And we learned some really cool stuff talking to this guest, and we are sure you guys are going to love it. <laughs>